Welcome to episode one of Everyday Wellness. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. In this very first episode, we're going to tell you a little bit about who we are and how we got here. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hello, hello, hello. This is our first podcast. This is our get to know you section. Um, Kelly and I are going to take an opportunity to, to introduce ourselves, tell you a little bit about both of us. And we thought it would be a lot of fun if we interviewed one another uh, so that you could learn a little bit more about each of us. And the interesting thing about us working together is, and we were just laughing about this, is that Kelly and she'll tell you about her background, is a natural listener, and I tend to be a natural talker. So I think we're going to really <laughs> balance each other out, and we are going to help support one another, me being a better listener, and Kelly being a better well, talker. Better talker. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly, I would love if you would introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course, I know all about you, but let everyone know what you're about. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our first edition of Everyday Wellness. Cynthia and I are so excited to be here and to finally be doing this. This has been something that's been in the works in our mind for a very long time and in the works in terms of being on paper and making steps forward since the beginning of the year. So we're super excited to join forces and bring our talents and zones of genius to you. Um, my background is as a clinical health psychologist, so I was trained in clinical psychology, which is sort of the more traditional methods for dealing with anxiety and depression and that sort of thing. And I was also trained in health psychology, which is my true passion, um, and that helps people to deal with health conditions, it helps people to make health behavior changes for better weight management, for dealing with chronic illness, a whole host of things, um, anything really related to health. So I've, I've been doing that on the side for a very long time and realized that there was a lot missing from that. I went back and got some training in the mind-body connection, just realized that having this ability to calm the body and get in touch with what's going on was hugely, hugely important and was needed in addition to all of those other skills that I had learned, like cognitive behavioral therapy and behavior change. And then still realizing that I needed more, there was more to the story, I went back and got my certification as a nutritional therapy consultant, and that's where I met Cynthia. Um, and since then, I have uh, been deep diving into nutrition specifically related to mental health and health behavior. So that's the little story in a nutshell. Um, I live in Frederick, Maryland, and I'm married to a man who is increasingly into CrossFit these days. That's sort of like his new thing, which is good because we're supporting a health behavior. Um, and I have one very active six-year-old son. 
So Cynthia, with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, so I am, I'm in a nutshell, I'll try to keep it brief because it's a long story. Um, I have worked in uh, Western medicine for, oh gosh, 16, 18 years. Um, I started off as an ER nurse in Baltimore and uh, gravitated towards cardiology. I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. I, I like the um, thrill and excitement of uh, sick, uh, acutely ill people, or at least I did years ago. Um, and as a nurse practitioner, I had 16 years working in cardiology, and I, I was growing kind of increasingly disillusioned with this mindset of um, giving prescription medications for symptoms. And that's really what Western medicine largely has become um, in the you know, chronic disease state um, environment that we're in. And so you know, I went through a lot of soul searching. I actually started a doctoral program, and that wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I did a wellness coaching certification, which I enjoyed, but that didn't really light me up. And then um, you know, I, I had a child that had severe life-threatening food allergies. And as I started getting more educated about what likely had contributed to him developing food allergies, given the fact that we live a pretty healthy existence, um, it really opened my eyes to the possibility that there was more to this than what I thought. And uh, what really lit me up and got me excited was the program that I did with Kelly, where we met one another and kind of bonded instantly. Um, and, you know, it, I really feel that that is what my life's work is intended to be, uh, really working to heal the body with food and nutrition as opposed to with pharmaceutical agents. So I left clinical practice as a nurse practitioner as hard as that was to do. I just didn't have um, the heart truly to continue writing prescriptions um, day after day after day. That just, it really was killing me inside to do that because I, I felt there was more that we could do. And so I left clinical practice two years ago and then started really devoted um, all of my energies to launching my business. And I have the same certification that Kelly has. And then I have some advanced certifications really focused on um, hormonal health. So adrenals, thyroid, sex hormones, um, digestive health. And that has really become, quote unquote, my playground. Um, I really serve just working with women. And um, I just, I find it, you know, kind of inherently fascinating that now I get to bring the very best of both worlds together and help maintain, um, maintain in, in some instances, but improve substantially the quality of life of a lot of these women I'm working with. And, um, you know, I work with women one-on-one, -on -one, I work with them in group programs. And so I, I get an opportunity to, to work with people in different ways. Um, most importantly, however, I am married to a wonderful man. We will be married 15 years this September. And so my husband, Todd, is an engineer and a finance god. Um, I always say, thank goodness my boys have his math genes and not mine, um, which is not to suggest I'm incapable. They just didn't come easily. And so we live in the Washington, D.C. suburbs, and we have two boys. Um, my oldest is 12 and heading into seventh grade, and my youngest is 10. Um, they collectively um, swim competitively year-round and also uh, my youngest plays lacrosse, which is what my husband played in college and many, many years he still plays. Um, and he's very physically active. So we're an active family. And then we have two crazy doodles, um, Cooper, who is a labradoodle. And then we have Baxter, who's our rescue golden doodle. And they keep our life interesting because they are so funny. Uh, for any of you that have pets out there, I am a huge animal advocate and um, adore our dogs. They, they make our lives better every day. So that is briefly, and like I said, I tend to be the talker. Um, that is briefly a little, a little gist about myself, but we're so excited to be here 
Um, as Kelly stated, we have been trying to bring this to fruition um, over the last year. And I just think we will bring the very best of um, both of our talents to bring on really interesting speakers and then, you know, also have commentary about what's going on um, just societally as well. Um, we were talking before we jumped on and, and in our next episode, we may, you know, deep dive into some of the social issues that have happened as of late that, um, you know, are related to, to our field as well. So thank you so much for listening and uh, super excited to be here. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the intention of this podcast is really to bring you cutting edge information that you can utilize in your life every day. So we want to translate the silent, the science to practical applications, the things that you can eat, the things that you can do, the behaviors you can do um, to really make your life better and your family's life better. And we hope to do that on a regular basis. And as Cynthia said, there'll be some different types of formats. We want to do some interviews. We want to answer listener questions. And we'll let you know how to get in touch with us if you have questions or topics you want us to address. Um, and then there'll be some times when we'll just talk about topics that either are coming up in society or topics that are coming up with the clients that we see on a regular basis. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what I really like and what I value in the podcast that we, that, that we listen to, I listen to is when someone can take things that are far more complicated than I can spend the time to go through and break it down into salient points. So, you know, I think a lot of our hope for this podcast is that you'll be able to walk away with tangible points that you can take into your personal life uh, or your professional life, and that can be really profoundly beneficial. You know, one of the one of the things that we were talking about before we jumped on that I really want to ask Kelly about. You know, being a mental health specialist, um, how do you create or cultivate you know balance in your life as a working mom, um, and you know having all these responsibilities? How do you go about doing that? I mean, one of the things that you know we really want to do is to kind of deep dive a little bit more into what goes on in our own lives, in the hopes that it would be beneficial for our listeners. Yeah, I think uh, balance has been a huge issue and a theme throughout my work as I've tried to help others uh, find balance. And in my evolution of trying to do that, I realized that it is probably as much of a myth as a unicorn. It really, I don't really think balance exists per se. I think that some days you feel like you're, you might be super mom and your business might be fledgling and other days you might feel like you, you know, you're really connected to your friends, but your house is falling apart. So I think that we, at some level, we have to let go of this idea that a quote unquote balance is achievable, or maybe even figuring out how we define balance. So if we define balance as being on hundred percent of the time in each of those areas, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. That's a totally unrealistic expectation. But perhaps if we redefined balance as bringing our best selves with the best attitude that we can to each situation and being as present as we can in the moment, then we can define that as feeling balanced. So if you get to the end of your day and you're not feeling completely depleted, then maybe you've had a balanced day. You know, I, I've tried various methods. I've tried different ways of keeping track of my schedule and managing my time. And I, I just 
I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all solution or a concrete way to balance your life. I think it's different for every person, and I think it's different for maybe every week, like every phase of life. Oh, I love that because I, I think I started off the year saying that was going to be my, my word of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized that it was woefully unrealistic um, and likely going to set me up for being disappointed. Uh, and so I think for me, balance right now is learning to say no more often uh, and the value and understanding that no can be its own statement without an explanation that you can say no and you don't have to owe anyone any explanation as I, no period. as long as I, <laughs> as I explained to my 10 year old this morning, I don't owe you an explanation. And that's that. I love that. But but that's a shift, right? That's not something that we're used to doing or really something that we've seen modeled. I agree. I agree. And I, and, and I think that there's definitely this perspective, you know, it's evasive throughout our society that um, we as women take it all on and we do it effortlessly. And I'm here to share with everyone that um, with my five day dirty hair, um, that there's no way to do it all gracefully all the time. So sometimes it just involves saying no. And sometimes it just involves saying, you know what, this doesn't work for me right now. And recognizing that you have the ability to do that. I I think that, uh, no one's, no one's asking for anyone to, um, leave anyone in the lurch, but just acknowledging that we as women need to be good to ourselves first and foremost. And, you know, that elusive balance, as Kelly stated, is obviously unique to each of us. And if we walk around thinking that there's this magical cure-all balance um, enhancing agent in our lives, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So I do think that, you know, giving ourselves some grace is important on this crazy life, you know, ventures that we're on. Absolutely. And I think it really has to start with ourselves. But I also think that it's very much influenced by our environment and the people whom we surround ourselves. So I know that when we get on the phone with one another, we can be totally real with one another. We don't have to put on any airs. We can let out how we're feeling. And I think it's so important to have people like that. Um, in our lives who we talk to on a regular basis and you and I don't get to talk all that regularly but really to have those people who you can just be real with and I think the more that you are real with yourself the more the real types of people will come into your life and the more time that you'll want to spend with them. Absolutely that sphere of influence I, I think I read a statistic that the five people you spend the most time with are the ones that have the greatest impact on your life and Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep 
We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. A great deal about our focus on everyday wellness is on supporting gut health. And one of my new favorite ways to recommend to family and friends and even clients is to consider colostrum. And so Equip Foods has an amazing product that helps to improve immunity and gut health and recovery. And each scoop contains grass-fed, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free colostrum. And if you're wondering what colostrum is, it's a nutritional powerhouse that serves as the first source of nutrition for mammals in nature. It's been shown to enhance immune function, gut health, and recovery with vital nutrients such as lactoferrin, growth factors, and prolon-rich polypeptides. Colostrum is a natural milk-like fluid produced by mammals immediately following delivery of the newborn. And while colostrum is a dairy product, it does not contain milk or lactose. So most people with lactose intolerance usually find colostrum very easily digestible and beneficial to gut health. You can use one scoop a day. You can mix it in things like coffee or mix it in shakes or even yogurt or even some of your baked food recipes. As I mentioned, has a lot of health benefits, including research demonstrating the improvement in a reduction in inflammation, promoting good gut flora, and supporting restoring leaky gut to normal permeability. And what I love best is that Equip Foods is very ethically focused. Their cows are humanely raised and ethically treated, and cows produce an excess of colostrum when nursing. So only after their babies get what they need are they able to source the excess colostrum for use in their products. There is three grams of colostrum in each scoop, and one serving in comparison to main competitors has just one gram. And research demonstrates that this dose of three grams actually promotes more benefits to gut health, immune function, recovery, and vitality. So if you'd love to take care of your health, you can go to www.equipfoods.com slash Cynthia20 to get 20% off your first order. That's www.equip. E-Q-U-I-P-Foods.com slash Cynthia20. You definitely want to check this out. 
you know, obviously we're all raising, many of us are raising children. So obviously they, they count of course, but if you're surrounded by positive, supportive people, you will emulate that. If you are surrounded by people who are negative and hold on to fervently limiting beliefs and things like that, it's going to skew your perspective. So I think it's really, really important to surround yourself by, by supportive people. And, and what I find is that as I get older, you know, there's, there's a period of time when your children are young that you're in this fog of life. And then you kind of start to come out of it and you start to realize, yes, I do need those female friendships. And yes, I do need to spend time away from my children. And I, yes, I do need to invest in um, things that, that you know, light me up professionally or intellectually. But I think there's, there's tremendous value in acknowledging that um, the people that we choose to spend time with, and I use it as, as a choice, it is a conscious choice and effort have a large amount to do with how we perceive the world, our lens with which, I keep using that word lens, um, the lens with which we view the world. Now, Kelly, I'd love to learn more about um, your, you know, your childhood or you know, your family um, beyond just your nuclear family, because I think that that has so much to do with how we interact with the world, um, you know, birth order and um, where we grow up geographically, I mean, it really does um, color our perceptions and, you know, influences our choices that we make as younger adults. Absolutely. Yeah. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. We didn't even have a stoplight and we probably had as many or more cows in our town than we did people. Uh, I went to a super small high school and I was excited to get out and try something else. I was the first of three girls in my family, and uh, I went to school outside of Harrisburg, which seemed like this huge place at the time, and it was, but um, not to me. Uh, it, was, it was huge to me, not to others. And while I was there, I realized that this kind of natural tendency that I had to love to listen to people and this sort of realization that people came to me to tell me stuff like good stuff, bad stuff, mostly bad stuff, but <laughs> came to talk to me about stuff like, Oh, this is actually kind of a gift. Like other people don't do this necessarily. Um, and I, I had really enjoyed my psychology class in high school, but I really had no idea what I could do with that. And in college, it was like, oh, if you get a psychology degree, then you'll be, what are you going to do with that as a bachelor's? You're not going to be able to do anything with that. But I loved it so much. And I really, really loved my psychology teachers. I went to Elizabethtown College and they were all just phenomenal. And I, I saw a lot of women working in the field and doing research. And so I was super engaged in that. Um, and about that time, my dad was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And that was really the first time that anyone in our family had had something significant, like a chronic illness, happen. And I just went into problem solver mode. I read every book I could get my hands on at that time. And that was still kind of early in the age of internet research. So a lot of it, what I was doing was looking in books and starting to understand how things like gluten and stress might be having an impact on what was going on with this autoimmune issue. So that was, that was definitely um, kind of looking back now, I can see that that was an early breadcrumb that was leading me on my path. Um, and then from there, I decided I wanted to further my education and applied to a number of different programs and got into the PhD program at University of Maryland, Baltimore County. 
in this dual tracked program with medical behavioral psychology um, and clinical psychology. And I really, really enjoyed doing that. Um, I had an internship working at the Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of Maryland and was completely ignited there just to the possibility of how these complementary and alternative medicines that could be as simple as meditating um, could really have an impact. And they were studying the impact of meditation and acupuncture on really serious diseases and getting some really favorable outcomes. So I had that through my whole graduate training. And then I went to internship um, at the Palo Alto VA, which was just one of the best years of my life, truly, not only because it was amazingly located just south of San Francisco, um, but because of the people there were just so engaging and excited to help us learn. I got to work in primary care there to see how psychology could fit in with health. And again, looking back, it's like, okay, here's another breadcrumb that's looking at how psychology and health and the medical side of things are coming together. So that was a, was a huge impact in my life. Um, but, you know, life doesn't always work just on our career and academics. So that time I was dating my now husband and he got a job back on the east coast so we went back to the east coast and i did my postdoc there at uniform services university working in community-based primary prevention primarily working with women um, who needed to lose weight for a variety of reasons not just for how they wanted to look but because they had serious issues with diabetes and cholesterol and heart disease and that kind of thing and it was just kind of the beginning of this understanding of how psychology could influence weight. And I didn't have a nutrition background at that time. It would have been a completely different story if I did. Uh, but again, this was like another, another step on the path that showed me how I really enjoyed this interaction of psychology and the medical slash nutrition world. Um, so I went into working in public health with the military um, and have enjoyed doing that for a number of years. But as I mentioned in the beginning, my true passion is really working with people who want to change their health behaviors, who are tired of things not working the way they are in their life and wanting to make a difference. Um, growing up, one of my favorite things to do with my sisters was to play teacher. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to do in the country, so that was a popular activity. <laughs> um, and it's not uh, coincidental, I think, that both of my sisters are teachers. Okay. But I really bring this spirit of teaching to my clients because I really think that once you have the information and understand how to use it, and then also understand how your beliefs and thoughts might be blocking or not allowing you to use that information, once you have these tools, then you can move forth and do great things. And yes, you might hit bumps along the road, um, but I think that there's always this process of refining and going back and figuring out what's working in your life now. That's fascinating. So, you know, your dad's, you know, rheumatoid arthritis was kind of this profound catalyst for you. Yeah, it really was. It's yeah. amazing how having a family member who has an illness or goes through something can really, you know, cause us to kind of take a pause and acknowledge that, you know, we want to look as deeply um, and as intensely, intensely as we can at what options are available for them. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. So flipping it back on you, <laughs> tell well, me about your background. Well, yeah. So I uh, was born in South Carolina. My dad was finishing up his doctorate at University of South Carolina. And uh, the, the funny story that I always remember from my mother telling me about that time in her life, because they lived there for two years. Um, and, and during that time I was born, was that my mother who grew up in Colorado had never seen bugs as big as they were in South Carolina. So that was her takeaway <laughs> or the humidity. Um, but we, we spent, we spent my first two years were there and then we moved to um, St. Louis, Missouri. And then ultimately I grew up in New Jersey at the Jersey shore. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was um, in elementary school and remarried the same year, uh, five years later. So I grew up with step siblings and kind of had this blended home environment uh, but then went off to college um, in the Washington, D.C. area. So I've either been in Baltimore or Washington, D.C. Uh, for the past 20-plus um, years. I won't tell you how many years, 20-plus years. Um, and initially, when I went off to college, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. And so I, I was a poli-sci major, graduated, applied to law school. And then all of a sudden, when I started crunching numbers, because my parents graciously paid for undergrad, but we're not going to pay for graduate school, I really started to question, did I really want to be an attorney? Or is this something I said for many years because my parents found it to be, you know, an impressive accomplishment if I wanted to go to law school. Uh, so I went to, you know, I got into law school, decided not to go, and then went and worked for a Fortune 500 company and quickly realized that was not the job for me. Um, I think, you know, what started me on a path to healthcare is the irony is, again, this connection to animals. I got a dog and all of a sudden I started to really think about what I wanted to do with my life. And I took two years and did pre-med classes and then applied to a um, joint degree program at Hopkins. And so at that time, I was really interested in HIV research and I was uh, volunteering at the Whitman Walker Clinic in Washington, D.C. And then I decided I wanted to either be in San Francisco or Baltimore Baltimore was closer, so that fit the deal. Um, and, and I love San Francisco. It's one of my favorite U.S. cities, but I'm really an East Coast gal. So left for Baltimore, um, spent seven years there. I've been using MitoPure for the last two years, and I've added this to my routine for multiple reasons. Number one, it's a foundational supplement for me and my family. It keeps things simple, and I know that I cannot get enough of urolithin A in my food to derive the same benefits. And if you're not familiarized with urolithin A, it's a signaling molecule, but it's also actively involved in anti-aging, energy production. And I take Timeline because of its remarkable remarkable healthy aging solution that activates key critical cellular pathways in my body. It's a total game changer for healthy aging. I alternate between using the soft gels and powder depending on whether or not I'm traveling. And we know that restoring cellular energy is a key to enduring health. And this is concluded in a recent publication in Nature Metabolism, which is a top scientific journal identifying that newly energized cells may provide many more years of healthy life to people. Yet as we age, we know that cellular energy production naturally declines and reduces our prospects of optimal health and longevity. That's the great thing about Timeline is you can restore cellular energy and support healthy aging. I've noticed the biggest improvements in my energy and sleep levels. We know that Timeline is clinically shown to give our cellular energy generators the mitochondria 
mitochondria, new power. And when taken daily, it replaces aging mitochondria. So it upregulates mitophagy and rebuilds new ones or mitogenesis. Timeline is the only nutrient that can do what it does. So Timeline renews your cells to a more powerful state. My listeners can get 10% off your first order at timeline.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off at timeline.com slash Cynthia. I know you're going to love this product. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting-edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I've used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code EWP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. Uh, Best decision I could have ever made at that time in my life. I met some incredible women. Um, Ironically enough, I had uh, coffee this morning with my grad school roommate. Um, Just some of the smartest, most intelligent people I've ever met in my entire life. And I was pushed harder than I could have ever, ever imagined, but I loved it. Um, And, you know, in your 20s, being in a big city, um, you know, being intellectually stimulated, being pushed in every direction you can imagine. I loved being there and kind of fell into ER medicine and then ultimately cardiology, as I'd mentioned earlier, and met my husband in 2002 and then relocated to Washington, D.C., as I always say, kicking and screaming. Um, no, 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 you know, I loved Baltimore. I still have a fondness for Baltimore. Washington, D.C. is very different, but also equally wonderful. And, you know, we started a life here and it wasn't until, gosh, probably my oldest son um, developed significant eczema. And every time I brought him into the pediatrician, the answer was always steroids, steroids, steroids. And then I kept saying, maybe it's something I'm eating. Maybe it's something he's eating. Maybe there's some other reason why this is happening. And of course, that was always kind of poo-pooed and 
you know, not really acknowledged because Western medicine doesn't really make a, a connection with food and health. They really don't, uh, or at least most, most do not. Uh, maybe things are changing now with education. Uh, and so that started me on this rabbit hole journey of, of figuring out that there were things that we were eating and he was eating in his diet that was exacerbating the eczema. Um, that led to finding out he had life-threatening food allergies um, and then trying to feel safe leaving the house because there were definitely a solid year where I was very concerned about him eating anywhere other than home, eating in restaurants became a chore uh, and certainly a huge concern. You know, I had seen plenty of people who had um, developed life-threatening and sometimes dying food reactions. And so that was always in the back of my mind, you know, blessing and the curse of working in healthcare. You've seen <laughs> a lot. Um, and then I got to a point where I was more comfortable and we could navigate this, you know, much more safely. And so a couple of years went by and I was still working as an NP and we had a second child and um, I started to get restless. And I think when I hit about 10 years as being a nurse practitioner, I got restless. And like I'd mentioned earlier, I thought maybe doing a doctoral program would make me happy. It didn't. Uh, wellness coaching, but then it was the food. It was always back to the food that really lit me up. And so when I started seeing such profound changes being made in people's health choices. Uh, and initially I worked with men, women, and children, and, and now it's really a practice focused on women. Um, that lit me up. That made me really excited and, and kind of reinvigorated my desire to head down that path. So, you know, for me at this point in my life, I think that um, helping to educate people about the profound interrelationship between um, food and wellness is really what I'm meant to be doing. Um, you know, I've really kind of created a niche where I work with women that are, um, you know, having hormonal health issues and, and it's ironic that life kind of imitates art, um, because that's what I struggled with a few years ago. So, you know, how we come to where we are right now, I think our stories are always so interesting. Um, you know, I, I laugh because most of the people I grew up with still live in New Jersey. Um, and many of them question how I could ever want to leave, but my, my heart is meant to be down here and, and certainly doing the work that I'm doing and really grateful that Kelly and I have the opportunity to connect with you all in a different way. You know, we can write blogs and we can do videos on Facebook and Instagram, but to be able to connect with a larger audience and share our message and our experiences, I think is really profound. Absolutely. And I think it's so interesting to see your path. And how looking back, it seems fairly obvious how you ended up here. But in the moment, you were just looking for what that thing was that was lighting you up, what was making you feel good, what was keeping you interested and challenged. And that's, that's what led you to where you are today. I know. And I'm, I'll admit, I'm, my, my husband will say, I'm, I look like less of a geek on paper, but I'm the bigger <laughs> geek. You know, you're married to a... You know, I'm married to an engineer with a graduate degree in engineering and then an MBA. And I always say, you look like a bigger geek on paper. But <laughs> ultimately, even though, I, you know, nursing kind of seems like a benign entity, um, I am definitely, I, I just, I like the intellectual stimulation of, of learning and that yeah. I will always be a lifelong learner. That's just part of my core. Me too. And hopefully that's where we can really be of value in sharing all that we've learned and our love for sharing and teaching with listeners. So perhaps before we end our intro session today, we could just leave our listeners with maybe our top couple of tips for everyday wellness. So what are the things that you do every day that lead to your wellness? Okay. I feel that it is really important to cultivate some type of self-care ritual. And mine is pretty consistent, but depending, like we talked about balance and 
you know, how important it is to cultivate balance in your life. Um, I, I do something mind, body, spirit every morning. And so one thing I always do, and, and some days it may be 10 minutes and some days it's 30, but I do some type of reading, whether it's personal development or business development. And that is so, so vital. And then I try to ensure whatever I'm learning, I'm applying. It's, it's not enough just to read and not actually make changes. Um, the other thing I do is I try to engage in some type of, I use the term movement because so many people, I have a client who told me exercise gives her hives. Um, <laughs> I like to exercise. I, I love exercising. I have lots of balance in terms of that's one area I don't struggle with is, is the exercise piece. Um, finding balance, whether it's weight training or HIIT or doing a bar class, something I really enjoy. And then when I talk about, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, you know, I acknowledge that one of the things as a super type A, a little bit OCD type person, I need to do stuff to quiet my mind. So um, engaging in some type of meditative practice for me is helpful. I recognize it doesn't work for everybody, but meditation doesn't have to be complicated. Um, it could just be that you're taking three deep breaths and thinking of something pleasant. Um, and so it can always be accessible. So I can do all of those things on most given days within an hour. And that's my time um, that I invest in myself so that I can give more to others. So I would say those are my three things that I would encourage everyone to find some way to cultivate yourself, mind, body, and spirit, take an hour for you. And it doesn't have to be all in, um, it doesn't all have to be at the same time. You could do a little bit of honoring your body, mind, and spirit um, throughout the day, just taking, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to um, invest in yourself. Yay, mind, that? body, spirit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> in my language. Um, so for me, my time is the morning. I love being up in the morning before anyone else is when the house is quiet. Now that the weather is nice, um, I like to get outside. So I start every morning with at least five minutes of meditation. I've been doing that now for quite a while. And, you know, five minutes doesn't really sound like much. But again, it's going back to these changes that we're establishing. And when we do them every day, they really up to a big difference so I definitely have seen the ability to kind of watch my thoughts more and be less reactive since I've started this very simple five minute a day meditative practice where I'm literally in my pajamas either in my bedroom or sometimes in the kitchen just meditating for five minutes um, and then I like to do some sort of activity too. I, like you, have found that my clients kind of get an averse reaction to the word exercise. So we call it we call it activity. Okay. Uh, and then we use a modifier, fun activity. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> something that's fun for you on that particular day. So most days for me, that fun activity is walking in my city, in my town. We have beautiful parks and I love to get out and get in contact with nature early in the morning. Um, but some days I don't have time for a 40 minute walk. So it's a 10 minute hit training um, in the basement. But I, I also have that similarity and like to do something um, active, especially in the morning. And then my other goal would just be to eat some green throughout the day. So I try to think about that when I eat my meals, uh, making sure that even if there are other vegetables or fruit that I'm really focusing on getting something green in, preferably at each meal. That's great. No, I love that. But I think it's interesting that two of the three for both of us are very similar, that yeah. we acknowledge how important it is to move our bodies. And, and one of the things that I, I've been starting to do with one of my neighbors, who's a good friend, and our lives are so crazy to try to schedule a lunch or a dinner or go for drinks, it's nearly impossible. We've started putting the kids on the bus. And then we take a like a three mile walk through our neighborhood. And 
We're done in an hour, under an hour. Yeah, under an hour. And we've walked the neighborhood. We've gotten some vitamin D exposure. Um, We've not necessarily gotten our feet on the ground, but we're walking on the ground with sneakers. And hey, I mean, who doesn't need more, you know, if we're all wearing Fitbits or we're wearing devices that kind of monitor how much we're, how much we're moving throughout the day, who doesn't want to start their day off with three or four miles that are just done in an hour, done? You can get your 5,000, you know, your 10,000 steps really easily that way. Yeah. And not to mention the social connection piece of it, you know, that's great. Yeah. So we actually need to make sure we make time for that um, more, more frequently. Well, that's great. Um, And so we're going to be coming up with ideas and in the people that we interview, they'll be sharing their top tips for everyday wellness with you. So as you as you go throughout your day, think about the things that you are doing or not doing that are cultivating your wellness. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.